It was an amazing first week of the NFL season, and we're well underway. Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Safi Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. Uh, Tyler, so much happened in the first week. The Bills beat down the Rams. Joe Burrow got five turnovers against the Steelers. Uh, my Dolphins beat your Patriots or whatever, however you want to say it and call it. I did better in the weekly picks than you did. I know you got some complaining to producer Emily later on in the show about that. But, Tyler, man, let's start it off with America's team and the poor Dallas Cowboys. Season over before it even started, man. Dak Prescott, the Cowboys starting quarterback, has a broken hand, had surgery this week. He'll be out six to eight weeks in order to prepare a broken bone, a fractured joint near his thumb. He suffered during the opening loss to the Buccaneers on Sunday night football. Uh, Tyler, um, I saw a really great, you know, graphic online. It said, all right, teams that clinched the playoff spot, nobody. It was the first week. Teams in the hunt had 31 teams because it's the first week. And then eliminated and had the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) What do you think about your reaction to this, man? So, yeah, um, week one for me was just as bad as Dak Prescott's and Joe Burrow's. As you said, I was two and three in the picks, and then my fantasy team was awful. Uh, But for the Dak Prescott, uh, I mean, it's hard to imagine a worse week one for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, before he got injured, the Dallas Cowboys offense was abysmal. Uh, only three points that entire game. Uh, they really looked overwhelmed. The Cowboys offense desperately misses, you know, Amari Cooper. The offensive line is not the offensive line of old. The defense was okay, but the offense leaves so much to be desired. Ezekiel Elliott played okay, but he's not the same running back. Tony Pollard didn't do anything. Man. Usually I say the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to, you know, uh, you know, implode later in the season, maybe first game of the playoffs like they did <laughs> last year. But then nope. this time, the Dallas Cowboys showed us who they are in week one. And that is not a very good football team. And, you know, I'm starting to regret my NFC East pick because now that Dak Prescott is presumably going to be out for, you know, six to eight weeks. The Dallas Cowboys, they're going to lose a whole lot of ground to, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles and even all the other teams in the division. The Commanders won. The um, the New York Giants won. The only team that lost in week one in NFC East is the Dallas Cowboys. And you look at their schedule for the next six to eight weeks, the Bengals that's uh-huh. an L. The Bengals are going to be motivated. The Giants, the Commanders, Rams, definitely an L. Eagles, probably L. Lions, Bears, those are winnable games. And the Week 9 by then the Packers. I mean, this is a tough stretch. You can I don't see the Cowboys winning many games in the next six to eight weeks without Dak Prescott. It's sad because Micah Parsons looked really good. Um, you know, the defense held up its own. Uh, they kept Tom Brady and the Buccaneers out of the end zone, but – They couldn't do anything on offense, man. And this is before Dak even hurt his hand, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You're right. Zeke is a little bit past his prime. Uh, Tony Pollard is getting a lot more snaps because he deserves them, yes. Um, C.D. Lamb was speaking to, um, you know, us and and shout out to our our USA Today Sports uh, Sports Seriously host, uh, Mackenzie Salmon, back at the Super Bowl. He was saying that, you know, the Cowboys need two receivers. This was right after they got rid of Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. And of course, C.D. Lamb is all by himself. Michael Gallup is not uh, out right now. He's, he's still re- recovering from his knee injury. Excuse me. Um, this was a doomsday scenario for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And doomsday has hit the Big D right now. Um, sorry, wait. Is the Big D Detroit or the Big D Dallas? Uh, Dallas could be the lowercase D now. <laughs> what, 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 what have they won? They haven't won since the mid-90s. Uh, the Mavericks don't win. They, they could be the lowercase D. Listen, but the, the Detroit the don't deserve the uppercase D either. <laughs> so and oh, then nobody's man. the big D. <laughs> Hold on. I, thank you for that great laugh, Tyler. That was a good one. You call them the lowercase D now. But, yeah, look, this is not good for the Cowboys season at all. I regret your NFC East pick. 
I regret my NFC wildcard pick. Um, I knew I should have put the Saints in there. Um, <clears throat> but, yes, this is a really bad scenario for the Cowboys. And they're going to stick with, with Cooper Cup as their quarterback. He's the backup. Um, no trade for Jimmy Garoppolo yet. You also, I mean, also Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of tied up with 49ers right now. He's their backup plan, right, in case anything happens to Trey Lance. Um, I'm not even sure which quarterback is out there that you could even get if you're the Cowboys and you want to salvage this season because, uh, like you said, six to eight weeks. And even at that, you know, you don't know what it takes to really fix a fracture joint in the hand. Um, there's, a, there's a possibility you could have, like, a metal plate or screws in there. I don't know anybody that's, that's doing recovery in the first game out. They're going to be playing well. Like, look at Russell Wilson last year when he hurt his finger and then came back. He wasn't the same for a little while. Um, this Cowboys season, as far as I'm concerned, it's done. It's over with. Um, they'll be lucky to get five, six wins this year. Um, and they're going to be pretty high up in the draft order next season. Uh, next, next draft, man. Yeah, I I won't go as far as you and our colleague Jared Bell and say that their season is done, but I do not have them winning the NFC East. And I, I'm the door is I'm almost shut on their playoff chances. I want to see how they perform. I mean, let's see how they. Fair against Tyler, the Giants. Tyler, no, no, no. Seriously. Tyler, because the Bengals, Tyler. I have them for an L. But then the yeah. Giants and the Commanders, let's see how they perform in those two games. If they start off 0-4, they're done. Because they're going to lose to the Rams and they're going to lose to the Eagles. So these next three games, they're vital for the Dallas Cowboys to preserve their season. If they go 0-4 in this stretch, then they're done. Tyler, you're just delay- delaying the inevitable. Man. You're just delaying the inevitable. And a couple of weeks we'll come back around and talk about this and we'll be like, see, me and Jared told you, uh, Tyler. Me and Jared told you. Uh, you might be. You might be. Let's move on to another big injury that's going to affect the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tyler. Um, and TJ Watt, the star defensive end for the Steelers, defensive player of the year, has a torn pectoral muscle. Uh, he's going to be out for at least one game. Uh, could affect him for most of this season. You don't know what kind of pain he's going to be going through. It seems like a pain to- uh, tolerance thing instead of him trying to opt for surgery and lose time. Uh, we saw TJ Watt tweet on Twitter uh, a really cool meme saying, I'm back or I'm going to be back. Um, so he's not expecting to miss any much time on his own. But still, this is a major injury for a big-time player and a, a big-time defense, Tyler. I mean – did you see what they did to the to the Joe Burrow and the Bengals in week one? Uh, you and I were texting during the game, and I, I saw Joe Burrow's first interception, pick six, to, pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick. I saw he had two interceptions. I look up on Twitter. I see he has three. Then there was a fumble, I think. Bruh, what? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> Tyler. And then five turnovers overall, four interceptions against the Steelers. I've repeatedly said this to you, Tyler. I hate the Steelers quarterback situation all all the way around it. But if they're going to play defense like this, they might just mess around and win some more games than I imagine. So what I saw from week one, and I watched most of the games, the Steelers had the best defense in the NFL with T.J. Watt on the field. With him and that front seven and Mika Fitzpatrick on the back, end of the defense I mean they were just wreaking havoc all day long Joe Burrow was frustrated five turnovers a career high for him I mean you look at what you know TJ Watt did in the first half just rushing the quarterback and you know you know disrupting the offensive line you know the Steelers they, it, it seems like they're just a quarterback away from winning that division because their defense was that dominant, and I don't want to be just overreacting in week one, but their defense was that impressive. But the loss of T.J. Watt for probably about a month, a little more, is uh, obviously a huge blow, reigning defensive player of the year. I do think the Steelers can you know, tread water while uh, he's out. They're going to have to win uh, with their defense. I mean, you look at what they did on offense, it was pretty much – Next to nothing, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he made some plays there uh, in late in the fourth quarter in the overtime to you know help them get a win. But you know he's not a very good quarterback. Najee Harris, he got injured too. He uh, re-aggravated his uh, foot injury. He'll be back, so that's good news for the Steelers. But it's like on offense, 
hand the ball off to Najee Harris, pass to Najee Harris, maybe some throws a clay pool uh, or a little bit, but the Steelers' offense is awful. They're going to have to win with their defense, and sadly for them, TJ Watt is going to miss the next you know few games. But Mika Fitzpatrick, AFC Defensive Player of the Week, and well deserved. I thought you were going to call him Defensive Player of the Year already. <laughs> Not Tyler. yet, but if he has that performance, he will be. Here's my thing on the Steelers, Tyler. You mentioned everything about the offense. I don't like Najee Harris's foot injury at all. There's a Liz, Liz Frank sprain. Um, that that just just it means like it's a ticking time bomb for me, right? Um, and he's their biggest offensive weapon. Uh, they don't have a quarterback that can really get Chase Claypool the football, Deontay Johnson the football. Um, and this defense, like you said, it, it, it was all world to start that game, right? Um, I think this is a huge reason, a huge reason why Mike Tomlin brought in Brian Flores to be his linebackers coach. Um, Brian Flores has that cover zero scheme that, and the Steelers have the players for, right? Um, and so they're, those two defensive minds or, you know, those two guys together put together a really good defense, but I, I don't know. I think one of them is going to have to play quarterback or something, man. I don't like that offense at all. I think it's going to come a point in the season where these injuries do stack up for the Steelers, where TJ Watts injury, he's going to, you know, expect him to miss the first six weeks at least, or excuse me, it's going to affect him for at least six weeks, but he could miss at least a game. We're still up in the air about that. But if Najee Harris gets hurt more than he is right now and they don't use him wisely, um, he could be out for the season later on too. So um, I'm keeping an eye on the Steelers. And I wanted to say one more thing too about TJ Watt before I give it back to you, Tyler. Um, what do we say about JJ Watt all the time now, right? One of the greatest defensive players, right? A monster when he was on the field. And injuries have gotten the best of him in the last, what, eight, eight years, eight seasons maybe? Uh, seven, eight years, <clears throat> injury and father time. Well, J.J. Watt played his first five seasons every game, 16 games. T.J. Watt is pretty much on that same track, but this is his first injury, and guess what? Year six. So I'm really, really hoping that T.J. Watt doesn't uh, see the same fate that his brother does um, as far as the injury bug. But um, this is just number one. Uh, I'm not saying this is going to happen because that happened, but um, it's a trend. It's a trend, and it's um, it's a hereditary trend too. Um, but we'll see how this one goes. I really hope for for, for JJ uh, TJ Watt's sake, this isn't the case. But um, this is around the same time that JJ Watt started to break down too. So I have a little concern there. Yeah, you you raise a good point, and then you know, for any type of pectoral injury for an edge rusher, that's going to have a huge effect because you use your chest to try to break free from offense alignment. I mean, you're engaging with your chest muscles, and if, if that's stinging or that's hurting when you're trying to rush the quarterback or even make a tackle, I mean, that's going to affect your strength, your you know, your mobility in your arms, your flexibility. It, that's going to be a huge effect. So he might not be as dominant when he does come back because his chest isn't 100%. I mean, he'll still be a productive player and arguably the best defensive player on the Steelers. But it's hard for me to imagine him having a repeat performance <laughs> like that week in and week out, um, you know, with that chest injury. I mean, he had, what, an interception, six tackles, uh, a sack. And that was before the injury. So the Steelers, I don't think they will, you know, contend in the AFC North. And it's mostly because of that offense. I do think when it's all said and done, the Ravens are going to win that division. The Ravens? You're still picking the Ravens over the Bengals. I'm still picking the Ravens. Did you just see Joe Burrow and how the Bengals performed? I told you it hits different. When you got a target on your back, it's a whole different ball game. Let's talk about that, Tyler, because the Bengals game really interests me, right? I um, I know Joe Burrow was kind of uh, had a little slow start to the preseason because he had uh, his appendix removed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know that uh, T. Higgins was dealing with, you know, shoulder injury. He had a concussion in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's off to a little bit of a rough season on his own, as we know, um, but. Jamar Chase is still Jamar Chase. Uh, Joe Mixon is still Joe Mixon. 
Uh, that defense is still pretty good, even though um, your boy Jesse Bates ain't all that happy on the back end. But I really think, I really think this Bengals team is going to regroup just fine week two in Dallas. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the Steelers, I don't think any other team is going to do what the Steelers just did to them. Um, I think only the Steelers do that. I'm not sure if any other defense does that to them this season. And I think they really um, find the next gear in their offense in year two with Burrow Chase and when Higgins gets back. So I do have the Bengals, uh, as I said last week, too, getting into uh, the playoffs as a wild card team. It's hard for me to imagine Joe Burrow having uh, games like that, you know, often. Five <laughs> turnovers, four interceptions, one uh, fumble. And Joe Burrow, that he's, uh, he does, you know, throw interceptions occasionally, but for that him to have that performance routinely is hard for me to imagine. And Jamar Chase, he was electric in that game. Almost had another uh, touchdown that, you know, got called uh, out of bounds with his foot barely touched uh, the sideline. So Jamar Chase was (laughs) unstoppable in that game. So for me, for with the Bengals, it's just they're going to have to get used to getting every team's best shot. That was a huge game for the Steelers, like a, almost a must win for the Steelers. The Bengals, uh, week one, you know, we're we're favored to win. We should win. But the Steelers came out to play. And every team is going to do that to the Bengals because they're the reigning AFC champion. And it's a young team right now. And they're not accustomed to having to feel that each and every week. So that is my concern. Now, they'll adjust to it. But it takes a while for that. And so that's why I think they're going to lose some games because they're going to get opponents' best shot each and every week. Definitely not this week. <laughs> not this week, yeah. Cooper Rush, I, I, I'm sorry, Dallas. I, you, we're going to talk about that later, but it's not going to look good for that. <laughs> Tyler, let's take it up to Seattle where we had a really great Monday night game. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks defense did not give a damn about Russell Wilson coming back home uh, in his first game with the Denver Broncos. Uh, what a matchup. What a game. Um, the Seahawks beat the Broncos and the poor Broncos coach, Nathaniel Hackett, in his first career game as a head coach. Um, I don't want to say it like this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, uh, he, he, he embarrassed himself on national TV. Um <laughs> With, uh, you know, a minute a minute and 11 seconds to go in the fourth quarter, uh, three timeouts left. Uh, he just let the clock run, man. He just let the clock run. Um, didn't call a timeout for a while. Peyton Manning, I don't know if you guys are watching the, uh, the Manning cast with Peyton and Eli Manning, but there's Peyton Manning, the former Broncos receiver, saying, we got three mi- timeouts. I might use one. Let's use one. Um, you know, the clock keeps ticking under 45 seconds. Hey, uh, I think we should use a timeout like like right now. And uh, Manning was frustrated. I'm sure Broncos fans were really frustrated. Uh, not only did Russell Wilson, he choose to click a field goal on fourth and five from like 60 yards. He then ended the game calling the last two timeouts to stop the clock to delay the inevitable. What? Yeah, seriously. Seriously, producer Emily. Bro, what? Um, the Broncos coach then admitted the day after that he should have let Russell Wilson throw on that fourth and five instead of trotting out his kicker. Um, a really, really uh, not great showing by Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, a bad game for the Broncos in the red zone. And just celebration all around in Seattle, Tyler. So I have a couple things to say about this game. <laughs> Go right ahead, please. Number one, I do have to talk about the – Seattle fans. I'm very disappointed in them for booing Russell Wilson to start the game. When he comes out, he helped the Seahawks win their only Super Bowl championship. You show him some respect for that. He's going to be in the Hall Hall of Fame. He's going to be in the Ring of Honor. You got Matt Hasselbeck in your Ring of Honor. (laughs) You're damn well going to have Russell Wilson in your Ring of Honor. So you should respect and acknowledge that he's the best quarterback in franchise history. At least cheer him to begin with. Now, in nope. the middle of the game, when the heat of the battle, of course, it's fine. Boo. Nope. They jumped, on him, the whole the, team. they jumped on him from I'm the jump, Tyler. I'm disappointed in the Seahawks fans for booing Russell Wilson to start the game. 
Now, yes, Nathaniel Hackett, let's get on him. <laughs> First time head coach, uh, that was a massive error. <laughs> it was hilarious seeing Peyton Manning. Come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. He said it like over 60 times on the broadcast. It, it just, what was going through your mind? You pay, you, you're paying Russell Wilson all that money. He's one of the highest paid players in NFL history now. You made him that. And for these moments, that's why you paid him, to convert this fourth and five to get the team in better position to kick a game-winning field goal. And you had nearly a minute left on the clock, and you let almost all of it drain. Call a timeout, convert the fourth and five, and it's not like you're out of timeouts. You still have two more after that. So it it was just, you know, a rookie head coach mistake, and he owned up to it. So credit to him, and hopefully he learns from this. I have the Seahawks, I mean, not the Seahawks, but the Denver Broncos probably getting the win this week, and they better because we see what the AFC West is looking like. The Raiders, even though in the loss, they look really good. Devontae Adams, he, him and Derek Carr look like they're playing at Fresno State all over again. And then the Chiefs and the Chargers look like two of the best teams in the AFC. So if the Broncos find themselves in an O2 hole, they're not gonna <laughs> they're gonna have a lot of trouble competing in the loaded AFC West. Well, hold on, Tyler. The Broncos, they they got the Texans this week at home. I, I think they'll be okay. Hey, did you see the Texans against the Colts? They surprised you, didn't they? Did you did you predict they should have won that game? They should have won that game. They they fumbled <laughs> it. They fumbled it almost worse than the Broncos did. Um <laughs> For me, I look at this game in, in, in a little bit of a bigger scope, this uh, the Seahawks and uh, Broncos game. Um, I know why the fans booed. I know why Come on, Pete, stop it. I know why Pete Carroll was salty after the game. I know why Richard Sherman was salty after the game. <laughs> I know why Earl Thomas would be salty. You know, I know why some of these former Seahawks players say it, were salty say it. against Russell say Wilson. It. Say it. Say uh, it. It was a bad marriage. It was a good marriage that ended badly. All right. It was a separation that needed to happen. Um, it was a lot of animosity from both sides, from all the people involved in that situation. And Seattle fans aren't dumb. They know what's going on. Russell Wilson left on his own accord. He wanted to leave for about two years, you know, about a year and a half, two years. Russell Wilson wanted to shine as his own standing quarterback. He wanted to rival guys like Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady and Drew Brees and all of this. He wants the glory. He wants the, the glow on himself. Um, he also wasn't surrounded with offensive line talent to keep him upright. Um, it took a while before DK Metcalf got there. Um, you know, the defense was not the same when he they went to two straight Super Bowls. Um, but this was a divorce that needed to happen. Um, so I don't blame the Seahawks fans like you do. Um, Russell Wilson will still be able to go to Seattle and get a free meal. He'll be able to go catch a fish in the fish market, no problem. He'll be able to get some free Starbucks in Seattle. I think a good group of the fan bases, you know, still will honor him in that way. But for Pete Carroll and the players, former players that he played with, um, I think that's something that can be repaired. Um, now, going into the game, Tyler, I would say the reason why, man, the, the Broncos were just knocking on the red zone, knocking and knocking and knocking, and they fumbled twice, right? And I think at least one was on third down. I think one was another one on fourth down where you're so close, you can't even kick the field goal. But if the Broncos had kicked a little bit more field goals early on in that game, they wouldn't have to settle for a field goal late. And if they were able to punch in a touchdown or two early on in the game, they wouldn't have, you know, messed themselves up later on in that game too. So um, I really liked what I saw from the Broncos offense though. I think the defense locked in in the second half. The Seahawks only scored, I think, three points, but – Russell Wilson's going to do very well with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Javante Williams looked really good. Melvin Gordon looked good. Um, Albert O, that tight end that they have, he's good. These red zone woes that they had in this first game, they're only going to be lessons learned for games in the future. Um, so I don't think this is one that's going to really linger that much for Denver, unless they let it. The Broncos were 0-4 in the red zone. Seattle wasn't that much better either. They were 0-2 in the red zone. So uh, 
if teams don't watch this red zone tape, <laughs> exactly what not to do is watching their tape. I mean, it's hard to see uh, Russell Wilson and the uh, Broncos, you know, having those red zone woes week in and week out. But, you know, they their offense concerns me overall. I don't think Russell Wilson is the quarterback of old anymore. And it's going to take some time for those receivers to get, you know, comfortable with, you know, his style of play. Because sometimes he likes to, uh, you know, improvise, you know, in the pocket and, and, you know, try to scramble a little bit and find receivers, you know, breaking off their routes. And that's going to take some time uh, to get used to. I still think Russell Wilson is one of, you know, a top 10 quarterback. But, you know, we used to talk about him in the same breath as top five quarterback. I don't think you can say that. Uh, anymore, but it's going to take some time for the Broncos to get you know used to you know a totally different style of play, especially those um, receivers. And unfortunately for them, they're in the AFC West. I can't mention that enough. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I'm so happy for you. You have a brand new favorite division in football. You have a brand new favorite <laughs> division in football. So the first year of it's a football podcast for all our listeners. Tyler Dragon's favorite division was the AFC North. Right, he loved mentioning Are the Ravens sure? and the Steelers and the Bengals and the Browns. If you haven't already, he already mentioned his Ravens for his number one pick in the AFC North this <laughs> season. But since since all of it went down in the AFC West this off season, I'm talking about Tyreek Hill left. I'm talking about Devontae Adams walked in. I'm talking about Khalil Mack walked in. I'm talking about who else walked in over there? Jason Jackson. Miller, Von on the I'm sorry. JC Jackson, Jackson walked into um, Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones on the Raiders. That's a good pickup. Uh, a bunch of guys walked into the AFC West, and now Russell Tyler's, Wilson. Tyler's even questioning if the Chiefs will make it. I, I am. I am to another AFC West division crown. Tyler, Tyler, no, Maybe. no team had a better game than the Chiefs did last <laughs> week. Forty-four points, tops in the league. You saw uh, Patrick Mahomes put on a clinic. You saw Andy Reid put on a clinic. On uh, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, what was your big takeaway from that game, man? So you said no team played better in Week One. Now I would argue the Bills were were up there. Obviously the Chiefs, and guess what? The third team, the Chargers. So two of those teams. What division? Mm, AFC West. AFC now West. your new favorite. Your new favorite. The Chief. The Chiefs, though. I. Part of this is an indictment on the Cardinals because the Cardinals look awful <laughs> offensively <laughs> and defensively. Kyler Murray, I, I'm I'm not going to talk about his study habits, but he couldn't – the receivers weren't separating from coverage, and Oof. then uh, their defense their defense couldn't stop anybody. Well, they lost Chandler the Jones just and J.J. Walked, yeah, the Chiefs just walked down the field every single time, it seems like. Patrick Mahomes, five touchdown passes. It was – the Chiefs, I mean, I, I asked Patrick Mahomes uh, this question after the game. Is this, you know, how, you know, you want your offense to, you know, play every single week? You, you know, he hit nine different targets um, on last week. And he said, you know, without Tyreek Hill, your new boy, Safed, that boy. the offense is going to be spread around and it's going to be pick your poison. They're going to, you know, he's not going to dink and dunk all the time. But he's going to find, you know, Travis Kelsey down the field or Harmon or whoever, uh, uh, you know, for, you know, 15-yard gains. And so, to me, the Chiefs offense is going to be a little harder to stop this year because teams can't just key in on Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. Yes, you can key in on Travis Kelsey still, but they have an assortment of receivers who aren't all-stars. Juju Smith, a former Pro Bowler, but he's not a top-flight receiver. But, I mean, he still had, uh, you know, a pretty good game last week, and he, they're going to get he's receivers. He's 25 with, years old. I didn't say he's old, but he's not a uh, Pro Bowler anymore. He's He'll be okay. He, he'll, be, he'll probably be fine. But my point, my point is that their receivers, you can't key in on one each and every week. And you're going to it's going to be hard to stop their offense because Patrick Mahomes is going to find a lot of different players 
every single possession. And it's not going to be, okay, I got to hit Tyreek Hill for this uh, nine route right now because I haven't passed Tyreek Hill the ball in a while. Um, and that's just a, kind of amazing to think about, right? Like you think Ty, you, I, I look at Tyreek Hill as, you know, one of the most dynamic receivers in the league. You know, that's no question. His speed and uh, what he does at his size is unrivaled. We've never seen it before in NFL history, right? Um, well, we've also never seen what Patrick Mahomes is doing, right? A young quarterback who is, you know, in his prime. It seems like he's started in his prime, right? Like, can you even say that? Like, he, that is when did his prime even start? You know, it seems like <laughs> it's going to be so long. And Andy Reid is the most experienced coach, one of the most experienced coaches in the league, has a winning pedigree. Um, going to do much better than all those other coaches in that AFC West. And when you have an offense like this where Mahomes can just find anybody with the same jersey as him and throw the football to, and it doesn't matter who it is, they're going to catch the football because he's throwing it to them. I mean, how do you stop that, man? How, how do you really stop that? Patrick Mahomes had a throw to Travis Kelsey on a deep post that was probably the best throw of the week in all of the I football. saw it. It was, yes. I mean, the precision, the timing on that just – Dropped right in the bucket. It was mm-hmm. one of the best throws I've seen in a while. It passed me, and he looks more in shape. And I'm not going to say that Patrick Mahomes wasn't in shape last year or the year before, but he looks um, like he worked out even more this off season and lost a lot of body fat, and he just looks more chiseled. And you can kind of see it in his play now. Because, you know, he's even moving around within the pocket and extending uh, plays a lot better. He looks a lot more agile. So, I mean, the MVP race, I, I gave it to Josh Allen. But, I'm man, I, I might need to retract that statement and, you know, you know, get some white out and say Patrick Mahomes because he looked <laughs> very good. And we'll see. I cannot wait for this Thursday night game, as you probably know, Simon. I cannot wait for that Thursday night game either, <laughs> Tyler, with the Chargers visiting the Chiefs. You brought up Josh Allen. You had Josh Allen as MVP and Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl MVP, correct? Yes. And I have it. No, 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 no. I have Aaron Donald as Super Bowl MVP. I might need to, you know, delete that as well. You might have to delete a bunch of stuff. There. <laughs> um, I had Patrick Mahomes League MVP and mm-hmm. I had Josh Allen as Super Bowl MVP. And um, man, after week one, I feel pretty good about those picks. I, you I I'm not sure. I'm not sure if. Um, I man, I can't wait to see Bills Chiefs when when it does happen. I can't wait to see Bills Chiefs. It's happening this season. I have to see what week it is. But um, man, let's talk about the Bills and how they open the season. It seems like a, a little while ago, um, you know, almost uh, that week one started. The Bills blew up on the Rams. Uh, the Rams had a really bad Super Bowl hangover, and I think Josh Allen was wheeling and dealing like we saw Patrick Mahomes last week. Now, the thing about the Bills is they don't have as many players to throw to. Like, Allen doesn't have as many players to throw to as Mahomes does. Um, But I do like the fact that this is year two for, like, all these guys, right? It's not just Stephon Diggs. Um, It's it's also, you know, it's it's Gabe Davis jumping into his big role. Um, He had four touchdowns against the Chiefs last year. Um, Started the season with some really big catches. He's going to play a big role. Devin Singletary, their running back. Um, he had a really strong end to last season, and he started this season on the same on the same way. Zach Moss, their other running back, running pretty well too. They barely even used James Cook, who is a draft pick, and he's going to have a bigger role later on this season. Yeah, he fumbled, so he, he, yeah, he, he was in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, he is in the doghouse. He fumbled on my fantasy team too. Um, anyway, and Dawson Knox, the tight end, he's going to catch anything, but he's a really good blocker too. Like. That probably hurts his fantasy value if we're talking about that because he's blocking so well, can't get the ball thrown to him. But I would like to see Isaiah McKenzie also had a touchdown, and I wrote a story about the gender reveal he did during that game. Um, but this Bill's offense, man, clicking on all cylinders, and that's with losing Brian Dable to the Giants now. Yeah, offensively, I think the Bills had the second-best performance in the NFL um, in Week 1 behind the Chiefs. I really love how Josh Allen – came out one of the interceptions he had wasn't even his fault that first bills drive they went right down the field under defending super bowl champions um i don't want to take a whole lot of stock in that game though because when you're you know the reigning super bowl champion and you you get the banner raised 
pregame and a whole bunch of celebration. You know, you're reminiscing uh, last year. It's it's a tough transition to go from that and then, oh, we got to play football onto new season. So, you know, the, historically teams have bad games when, so <laughs> when they're lifting the banner. Now, I'm not giving excuses, but it, it, it's a tough, you know, transition. And it's a tough, you know, psychologically to go from last season and you, you reminiscing on the past. You're thinking about that huge ring and how your life changed after winning the Super Bowl. Oh, and then you got to play a whole game, whole new season. It, it, I mean, it, it's just human nature. It's a tough way to play a football game. So I want to see how the Rams perform in week two. Luckily, they play the lowly Atlanta Falcons. Um, so, um, you know, I, I do think the Rams did not perform at their best. Now, with the Bills, though, credit they credits do where, you know, because they came out, looked like world beaters, and looked like the best team in the AFC in that week one game. And they made a statement. Their statement is they are here, and they know that all the hype around them is validated because of the way they perform. And look at Von Miller. Did you see Von Miller? Von Miller was balling. Von Miller's balling. Yeah, and I don't know about that little arrow on his back of his head, but he was balling. I don't know about that either. He needs to go get to the barbershop. I don't know if they have a lot of good barbershops <laughs> in Buffalo, New York, but he needs to you know, find the nearest barber to, you know. Get the back of that head. Get the no, back of we, that head. We were not trying to. We were not trying to shoot any strays to the Buffalo Barbers. <laughs> Let me say something about the Rams real quick um, before we get on to picks, Tyler. Um, you made some excuses for them. Yes, celebrating the trophy. Yes, all that stuff. The banner, Od- Odell Beckham, Andrew Whitworth celebrating all that stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, here's where on the football field they didn't look great. The offense. There was not a lot of motion that, that we're used to seeing from a Sean McVay offense, right? Um, there were some plays that the Bills defense just had read all over. Vaughn Miller was a menace, yes. But the Allen Robinson thing, too, was not great either. Um, I'm not sure if that's a bad matchup for that team or a bad player, bad fit for that team. But he was, you know, a couple targets in the game, not much. It was really just Cooper Cup. Uh, the run game didn't get anything going. Daryl Henderson had one good run, maybe two. Um, Cam Akers had nothing to show for it. Um, and on defense, the Bills were throwing the football so fast that Aaron Donald couldn't get home. Leonard Floyd couldn't get home. And uh, Jalen Ramsey started this season like he ended last season, getting cooked on the outside. Um, <laughs> Stephon Diggs was a nightmare for him. So I got some I got some concerns about the Rams. I don't have them anywhere. I have them in the playoffs, but I, I – I don't think they're going to make the NFC title game. Uh, excuse me. I don't think they're going to go deep in the playoffs again this year. I think they make them an NFC title game. I have them beating uh, the Bucks, beating them, but um, I'm not sure. I, I got some concerns after week one. I'm glad you brought that up because I wrote a column about that exact <laughs> subject about how the, those cons- those are huge concerns for the Rams, starting with their receiver situation. It looked like the Super Bowl all over again when Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt. Matthew Stafford was forcing the ball to Cooper Cup and no other receiver was getting open. They had a problem separating from coverage. Allen Robinson, where I mean, I'm still looking for him. They paid him that contract, and he looked like a third, fourth string wide receiver out there. The offensive line is a question mark, too. A lot of people aren't talking about the loss and the, well, the retirement of Andrew Whitworth at left tackle because their offensive line was in shambles in week one. And then on the other side of the football, Aaron Donald was routinely getting double team, sometimes even triple team. That's going to happen every single week. And Leonard Floyd and the pass rushers have to be able to beat uh, just one-on-one blocking. And they did not do that. And then on the outside, Jalen Ramsey. It's looking like he has lost a step. And I don't want to be prisoner in the moment. Because Ooh, Tyler. I don't want to be prisoner of the moment. I still I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. But the last two games that he has put on tape were awful. He got dominated by T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. If it wasn't for Aaron Donald, the Bengals would have probably been Super Bowl champions because Jalen Ramsey got burnt on, an, uh, on a go route. And then Stephon Diggs had his way against Jalen Ramsey. So, Jalen. What are you going to do now? 
Luckily, he got Drake London and the Falcons <laughs> to cover this week. So it should be advantage Jalen Ramsey. We'll see, though. It should be. It should be. I, it I should know. be. I was just – I was literally just looking up everybody's age. So Ramsey's 27. Like, he's not, like, over 30. But he looks over 30 when you put him against T. Higgins, like, 22, 23, right? Yes. When then Jamar Chase is 21 years old. Like, maybe these young boys got something. <laughs> but Stephon Diggs is 28 years old, still still cooking, still cooking like a number one receiver. Um, Jalen Ramsey needs to uh, follow his receivers when he's playing in zone coverage and stop looking in the backfield. Um and he also needs to, you know, not get his head ripped off by T. Higgins in the Super Bowl. That'd be great. Uh, we we will talk more about Jalen Ramsey. I'm sure this uh, this season we love talking about him on it's a football podcast. But I think it's time we get into some picks. Yeah, let's get into some picks. And I do want to say behind the scenes, I miscounted. I got all the picks right, but I was going to sell Tyler short and say that he was one and four. In week one, while Safed was three and two, I ha- like I said, all the results were right. And we have a two and three Tyler record because he picked the Rams. They lost. He picked Cincinnati. They lost. He picked Carolina. They lost. And his two winners were obviously the easy pick, Tampa Bay and Miami. So he ended with two and hold three. On, hold on, hold See on, hold on, hold on. See these shots that hold Emily on. is giving me? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, everybody. Time out, everybody. Do I have this wrong? Did Tyler not pick the Patriots to win last week on his football podcast, Producer Emily? I'm going to get under Soppet's skin here, and I'm going to pick the Patriots just because I want to be a contrarian and I want to get under Soppet's skin. So I got Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the Patriots over the Dolphins in Miami. In the picks and in the podcast, you're trying to win all the time. So I'm sure you're picking one team in each, right? That's what's going like on here. Brett Favre, Tyler Dragon. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it was a terrible week one for me. It was I had a week one to forget. You're one and four. And you're one and Prescott. four. Um, I'm two and three. Uh, but, and you know, I started off slow last year, and but I still had the crown. Office, so you're not going to take that away from me because I'm gonna catch up. Remember, remember, hey, I'm gonna bring it back. Remember, you, you say you the boat, you got I'm the bring crown. it back. <laughs> I don't think you say boat the was ever that far back. Um, all right, you got the Damn. Crown. Damn. as we stand now, it's I, it's written in pencil, but I'm putting Tyler at one and four because on the podcast he did say New England Patriots. Let's move on to this week, though. We've got a good full slate of games. Last week we picked everyone this week we're just gonna go with five of them and we're gonna start off on thursday night with the chargers at the chiefs i'm wondering if i need to get a button queued up here but uh tyler since you lost last week why don't you pick first this is a tough game for me to pick i wonder why tyler i wonder why these two teams split last year um i think they're going to split this year, the loss of Keelan Allen, who is probably not going to play because of the hamstring injury, that's a tough blow for the Chargers. I got the Chiefs winning at home and going to 2-0. and I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. There he is. There he I is. Tyler picking Drake the Chiefs. picking the Chiefs again. I cannot believe, Tyler, that you picked against your second favorite quarterback in the league for your first favorite quarterback. I can't believe <laughs> that you picked... Patrick Mahomes over Justin Herbert. Like you love Justin Herbert so much. That's um, not true. Yeah, it's it's very true. It's very it's true. true. I'm just letting that. everybody know the inner workings of it's a football podcast. Um, the Justin Herbert lover did not pick the Chiefs this week. Excuse me, he picked the Chiefs this week. Um, I'm, that's them. a surprise. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs as well. Also, um, I just Can love how this offense is going. I love. When I go against you, I beat you, man. You know, you're one and four. Remember, hey, sit tight, one and four. I just love the Chiefs' offense, Tyler. I think they got too many weapons. The, the Chargers are going to miss uh, Keenan Allen, although Khalil Mack is going to have something to say in this game. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games. Let's start off with a one o'clock game, and we're going to go. We're going to go New England Patriots at Steelers. I don't know if you want to pick them again, Tyler, um, but we have the Patriots going against the Steelers, who we've talked about this podcast are heavily depleted after eking out that overtime win against Cincinnati. Tyler, go ahead and go first again. Who do you have with Patriots and Steelers? The Patriots, they look a mess. The Steelers, 
their defense looks legit, but they're going to be without their best defense players. So I'm going to pick the Patriots uh, to win this game, but I'm not confident. I'm not saying this with a lot of conviction. I, I have a lot of doubt in my mind and in my heart, <laughs> but I'm picking the Patriots. This is what happens, producer Emily. He picks the Patriots, and then next week, what's going to happen? I didn't pick the Patriots over the Steelers. I didn't pick them. Uh, I put it in my picks that I didn't pick the I picked the Steelers. We're going to see what I happens. I don't sound again like this that, week. Sophie. Can you fix your voice, bro? Bro, please. Like I said I got the Steelers in this one too. I saw the Patriots in person last week. It was ugly. Uh, no separation for the receivers. The running back running game didn't go get going at all. Uh, defense is okay, but they got to see the Steelers' defense on the other side. I got the Steelers in this one. All right, moving on to the other Sunday game we're going to pick here. We've got the Arizona Cardinals at the Raiders. Let's switch it up. Safed, who do you have in this game? Oh, I'm going with the Raiders, Tyler. I'm going with the Raiders. I love how Devontae Adams looked on that opener. Um, thought they sh- should have got the best over the Chargers. They couldn't put it together in the end, but – I don't like what the Cardinals are doing at all this year. Uh, I think they're going to really miss DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and I think even though Cliff Kingsbury signed that extension, the hot is going to be warming up real soon, Tyler. So the Cardinals gave up five touchdown passes, 360 passing yards to, you know, Travis Kelsey, um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster. Now they got to face Devontae Adams. I got the Raiders in Vegas. There <laughs> <laughs> ain't no way the Cardinals have any answer for Devontae Adams. And I, I do think even though the Raiders lost last week that they're a really good football team, I really like the addition of Chandler Jones going up against his old team. He's going to be motivated. Max Crosby, Kyler Murray is going to be under pressure all day. And then Devontae Adams, first game in Las Vegas in the silver and black. He's going to have a really good game against the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's go with we don't have one, but we have two Monday night football games this week. And since we've got a double dose of that, we're going to pick both of them. Let's start off with the first game on ESPN. We've got Titans at Bills. Safed, who do you have in this game? Josh Allen and the Bills. They're going to do it again at home. Um, Tennessee, I can't believe they lost that game to Saquon Barkley and the Giants. Uh, Barkley had a two-point conversion that he scored and, and beat them in that game. Um, the Bills' offense is just too explosive right now, and their defense looks even more explosive than it's ever been. Um, I got the Bills in this one pretty handily. This is an easy game to pick. We all witnessed what the Bills did in week one. The Bills aren't losing this game. I got Buffalo winning easily. All right, and then the next game on ES or excuse me on ABC is the eight thirty game with the Vikings at the Eagles. Now we watched and we talked about how the Vikings handed Green Bay that loss, and the Eagles are looking like they could be that NFC East champion now that uh, we're ruling out Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. So Tyler, I'll let you pick the last one here: Vikings at Eagles. Who you got? Eagles put put up. 38 points in week one. I did not like how they let the Lions uh, rally back at home. Um, but I really liked it, what this Eagles team looks like on offense and defense. The Vikings came out good, too, in week one. But I got Philadelphia uh, winning in a close one on Monday night. Ooh, Eagles at home. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick, Tyler. That's a good pick. I'm glad we got one pick where we pick different teams. I'm taking the Vikings in this one. Um, I love the Eagles offense. I think A.J. Brown has a new layer and dimension to them. Jalen Hurts looks like he's really improved and taking the next step, um, kind of managing his offense with Philly. But Justin Jefferson is a is a monster in his own right. 184 yards in his first game in Kevin O'Connell's new offense. I think he's going to continue to be on fire next week. Poor Darius Slay better watch out. Um, and I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a good game too. I got the Vikings in this one, even though they're on the road. Can we pick the Dolphins in the Ravens game too? Producer Emily, I think you've been slipping. Producer Emily, I think you were slipping. I don't know why we picked the Steelers Patriots game. Yes, I, we want all the smoke. I want I'm picking the Dolphins, Tyler. Yes, Give yes, me the let's, Dolphins. Let's, let's do the Dolphins Ravens game, please. Because we're gonna do it. I'm gonna pick the Ravens. Fine, you can do the bonus. No, we're just gonna we're we're gonna take over the pick. Bonus That's round. fine. Two points you for can... two points. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do two. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Do, 
yeah, we'll do it. We'll do two points on the Dolphins at the Ravens. And I have a feeling I know who's going to pick what. And I'm going to be double checking the tape before we come on to make sure everyone (laughs) is keeping to their picks. So that's Sunday. We already picked. We already picked. Dolphins at Ravens. We already picked. Tyler, I'm picking the Dolphins. Producer Emily, I'm picking the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson don't want no part of this Dolphins defense, Tyler. Trust me. Actually, I I really don't think the defense wants any part of Lamar Jackson either. But I'm riding with the Dolphins, Tyler. I'm riding with the Dolphins. Safi, we all know you're a Dolphins apologist. Um, And, you know, I I do like what the Dolphins did week one. They beat the Patriots pretty handily. But the Ravens, they have won six straight home openers. Lamar Jackson is going to be motivated to – get revenge against Miami because Miami beat them last year. And yes, he wants to prove that he's worth over $200 million in overall contract value. I got the Ravens winning easily, easily at by seven plus over the Dolphins at home. Baltimore stand up. Tyler really reps both coasts sometimes. Like he just, he, he all West coast all day until he's ready to talk East coast, but all right. Until he's ready to come back to the DMV, right? (laughs) You know, that's again, I went to UCLA and Howard. So I got both coasts. He's on your side. If you're winning. DMV, West coast. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. I'm on your side. If you're winning. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Drake. He's like Drake. Uh, you know, I like rappers who actually know how to rap. So uh, let's, we can talk about Kendrick Lamar or, you know, Snoop, Dre. All right, guys, those were our picks for week two. We'll see if Tyler can catch up to me next week. But thank you for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. Season two, we are well underway. Week two, we're getting into it. And we can't wait to continue covering the season and the NFL here for you with USA Today Sports Plus. If you haven't already, Download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and in your Google Play. Remember, guys, we want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports. Have a good one. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder. Shut up.